Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Happy day after Christmas from the Music of America podcast. The podcast continues today. We're still in Montana and our guest today Ilana Hayden from Billings. We're going to talk to Ilana after I talk to you about this cool thing called Flash Jam. Discover your celebrity at the newest, hottest, and most interesting fun live music show that's probably come around in maybe 50 years. It's called Flash Jam. Whether, whether you've performed live music or you enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam is a dynamic way for musicians to come together perform, and compete for recognition and rewards. Whether you're new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your talents. Musicians perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for the same song. For As an example, let's say Ilana and I, who don't know each other, both decide we want to do Leather and Lace by uh, Don Henley and Stevie Nicks, right? We sign up for that. And then John wants to play bass on it. And Kim wants to play guitar on it. Well, we all get together and play that song. Existing bands are featured performing iconic songs for display as well. And emerging local talent also can be on display. And the live music patrons participate by voting for their favorite musical combinations. It's all in Flash Jam. Flash Jam. Coming to a market near you. Flashjam.com. Welcome to the show. Ilana Hayden. From Billings, but not originally, right? Correct, correct. How are you, Tom? I'm doing well. What brings you to Billings? Well, I'll give you the short version. Um, I'm originally from New York. I'm a native New Yorker. <laughs> and um, are, are you from Long Island? <laughs> I actually am from Long Island. Yes, I am. I spent <laughs> a lot of time in Manhattan, but I am a Long Islander. And, uh, you know, I've been doing music for most of my life. Uh-huh. And... Uh, the past 10 years, I actually ran a music school um, on Long Island called Bach to Rock. It's like a, a school of rock franchise. Um, and I still did gigs and I still recorded. But then COVID hit mm. and everything shut down in New York. So there were no gigs. Fortunately, I had this day job running a music school. It was huge. There were 500 students. We taught everything from babies to adults. Um, we had band, a rock band program. We had about 30 bands. So it was very cool. Wow. Um, and I was very thankful that I had that because there was no work as a chick singer. Right. Um, so after about a year or two, I was really getting burnt out and I was ready for a change. If you go back a little bit, about 20 years, I was doing gigs. I was on the bandstand. I met this guy. I'm such a cliche. There's always It's always about a guy, right? Well, not in my case, but go ahead. <laughs> and he well, and he was a musician, a bass player, and um we ended up having a relationship. And you know, then we fast forwarded back to the COVID time. Um, and he didn't have any work. So he originally had been from Billings, Montana, and decided to go home and uh spend some time there during COVID. And when he got back, you know, he'd been in New York about 40 years, but when he uh, got back to Billings, he thought he might want to stay. He was really enjoying being back home. His family was here. Um, so I just said, you know, I'm I'm kind of burnt out with New York, and I think uh, I'll give uh, Montana a try. So I 
packed up my little Honda Fit, which if you know is a pretty small car, and I took my microphone and my cat, Lulu, who's 12 at the time, and uh, this houseplant, this ficus that belonged to him, which I kept alive. I said, I'm bringing this plant to Montana. And I drove across the country in three days. Wow. And uh, yeah, that was uh, last September, a year ago, September. And uh, that's how I ended up in, of all places, Billings, Montana. Now, is he working as a musician there as well? He is, actually. He's doing a lot of gigs. He's also a realtor. He got his real estate license when he came to uh, came back to Billings. So he's he's like the bass playing realtor. So if anybody <laughs> needs a great realtor, let me know and I'll put you in touch with him. <laughs> or a great bass player that happens to sell he, real estate. He you is know a great, <laughs> great bass player. And we've been doing a lot of gigs together, which uh, which has been really fun. And that's was always a special part of our relationship that we got to make music together uh -huh. and uh you know we didn't for several years during that whole covid nightmare right, so right. it's been a real joy to be able to not only play music and meet some great musicians out here but to be able to um, resume playing music with him his name is mike leslie and uh he's just a, a great guy and a great player so it's been really fun to do a lot of gigs with him again i think next season we should have mike on and get his side of the story <laughs> I think maybe we can work that out after I prep him. <laughs> uh, and I said this when we first met on on the setup for this interview that you have an incredible voice, just magnificent. Oh, and I hear a lot of good, talented women, good, talented men. You have such a powerful, commanding voice and you have control over it. You know what I mean? Like Thank there are people who come out and belt out a song, but the dynamics that you deliver in your song, you have such, such a handle on it, such a control over it. I just, I could listen to your CDs like for hours. That's oh, kind of neat. You, <laughs> you know, it's funny because when I was a vocalist in New York, I did a lot of recording sessions. I did a lot of live gigs. I did weddings and corporate affairs and, mm -hmm. um, you know, doing those gigs, you had to. I was the only female vocalist in a band I was in for about 25 years doing a lot of that. And I had to sing all different styles of music. I had to sing, you know, R&B and rock and funk and pop yeah. and, you know, everything. Um, so that was really a great education for me, um, being able to dissect all these different songs and learn them and then find a way to sing them. And um you know, that's the that's the kind of thing I learned about dynamics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think sometimes just doing it is the best way to learn and working yeah, with great musicians, yeah. you know, working with great players. I was very lucky to play with some incredibly talented musicians over the years. And, um, you know, that elevates you. It's like playing tennis with somebody better than you. Right. It raises your game. Well, they say steel hardened steel, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as it's... a as an instructor, when you were telling that story, I get this this mm -hmm. picture in my mind. Had you ever seen an old movie with uh, Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton, one of Keaton's first movies called Night Shift? Right. Yes, of course. Yeah. Okay, well, there's a scene in there where they first meet and uh, Henry Winkler's got a picture of his fiance on the desk. Keaton picks it up, and says, this is your girlfriend? He goes, my fiance goes, oh, nice frame. He's talking <laughs> about the picture frame. Yeah. Right? So I think of when I hear of instructors like you, you ever have a, a musician, we won't limit it to vocalists, but a musician that comes in that you got to say something good about them, even though something else might not be good. 
How do you deal with that? Like somebody comes in and they they just they, their timing's off, their vocals off, they're flat, they're sharp, they're flat, they're sharp, and they don't hear it. How do you deal with that? Well, you know, there's a couple of things. One is I love when people are enthusiastic about music in general, uh-huh. just right off the bat. If somebody loves music and wants to play music, it's like a little kid playing soccer. When you have five-year-olds, you know, in little league games in baseball, they can barely play. They can barely kick the ball, but they're having so much fun. And that's what it's really all about. And I always equated that to sports because that people can understand. They can relate to having fun playing sports. And music to me should be fun also. It should be exactly the same thing. Um, And then there are ways to help find that particular person's wheelhouse You know, Uh what is the right material? What is the right song? What is the right key? What is the right arrangement? Um, And you can always find that even with little kids and they can get up there and rock and you just have to do your part, helping them find where they are going to sparkle and where they're going to shine. So then they can feel good about what they're doing. So I think anybody can do it, frankly. (laughs) I always joked when my father was alive that he couldn't carry a note if you put it in a bag, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, then maybe vocals weren't his thing, but right. I guarantee he, you could find something for him to do musically. He loved it. was a cowbell. Cowbell, we always e- need exactly, more cowbell. Exactly. Dad has <laughs> mom and dad both had mom had a beautiful angelic voice, but dad dad could sing happy birthday. And it <laughs> sounds like uh, you know, knights in white satin or something. <laughs> or or worse, sounds more like maybe stairway to heaven or sweet home Alabama. Just he he couldn't hit it no matter what. You're but right. him and mom could dance. He had rhythm, you know, and his cadence was always perfect. His tone was always wrong. <laughs> that's awesome. But I, I, I wonder about that, though, as, a, as an instructor. That's why when my kids were learning to drive, that was my ex-wife's job, man, because I, I, I've got, what is the opposite of the patience of Job? <laughs> yeah, well, you have to be very patient. That's, you know, not everyone is designed to be an instructor. Right. Um you know, I did it for a while, but I was definitely, and I was a good teacher, but I I really enjoyed running the school and running the facility because then I was able to oversee everything and could give feedback to everybody and help tweak, you know, what some of the instructors were doing, right. um, you know, and kind of like just put the finishing touches on something and um, being a performer, being an educator, knowing the music industry it really was a lucky gig i fell into yeah Um, and it just worked really well is there a market for that in billings like could you see starting up the bach to rock in billings you know if it wasn't so all-encompassing and so incredibly exhausting i might think of doing it you know i was with the company for 10 years and um and i i was i was very good at what i did but i think it was a lot of luck because Uh i just was familiar with those three entities and it just kind of worked you know I didn't have an yeah. MBA I never studied business um, but we were very successful in fact we ended up being the number one revenue earner of all the schools nationally and there were about 50 at the time wow um, and it just it just was something I was lucky that I was good at you know and I figured yeah. it out and um, but I, I there is definitely a market here and there's a lot of music and a thriving music scene here in Billings um, so there could potentially be, um, uh, it's possible, but I don't know if I'd be the one to run it. <laughs> I would well, certainly help just, out. And yeah, <laughs> you, you, you just started out, own it, get the profits, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. pay somebody a really good salary to to run the day to day, but you oversee, you have the vision, see, you have yeah. the vision of how it should work. And you work with that one person and you make that person the one that executes everything and they get rewarded for it and you get rewarded yeah. for, for their hard work. You know, Tom, one of the things I'm really enjoying about being here in Billings is that I've been able to to get back to performing because for all the years uh -huh. I was running the school, that was really where my focus was. And I didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of gigs. And I missed that. You know, I missed yeah. performing live and I missed recording and uh, I miss playing with great players. And this has really given me an opportunity to get back to doing that. That was um, going to be my next question. Yeah. <laughs> along that line, but was uh, you prefer performing over running the school, though, would be my guess. That's I, the vibe I, that I'm getting. I think ultimately I really did enjoy running that school. I really loved meeting, you know, great young musicians yeah. and I had a great staff and the kids were amazing and the relationships with the the families um you know we were like one big family really it was a very special place so i do miss many aspects of it but i really at heart i'm a performer you know right. i love to to sing and perform and connect with people that way also i like football but i love the new orleans saints no matter what if they're good <laughs> or bad and, and you know yeah. it's kind of the, again so we're talking like analogies like yes. we did with soccer and performance i i love doing this i can play guitar but i'm not a guitar player i love to sing and i'm not a bad vocalist but i'm not a star i don't want to do that i want to do this you know this is what's fun and that's fun don't get me wrong that's mm -hmm. fun but i really dig this i dig this meeting people like you talking about your art promoting your art talking about your passions that's so exciting for me you know? Well, it's a lot of fun for, for me as well. And I appreciate you doing this. I think this is fantastic what you have started. Um, this uh, Music of America podcast is just incredible. It really gives artists an, a, a platform to be able to promote themselves and for other people to meet them. You know, it's really hard in this day and age. There's a lot of independent artists. The industry is not the same as it used right. to be. Um, so this is really fabulous what you're doing. So thank you on behalf of all the other musicians well, and myself. And thank on you. behalf of them, let's talk about you. And, oh, and, and 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 thank you. Not to take yeah. away from, but so thank you. Uh, so you now, as a vocalist, you've been singing since what? Since when did you? Forever, sing? forever. Yeah. Since I was a little kid. Right. And uh, first band you were in, or first public appearance that you did was what? Um, I was in a couple of bands when I was in middle school. Uh -huh. um, on Long Island. And, uh, you know, back then, way back then in the Stone Age, um, <laughs> there really weren't a lot of female vocalists. It was mostly male vocalists. And yeah. those bands were doing a lot of classic rock, which they were also mo mainly male dominated. Um, so, you know, at about 14 or 15 years old, um, some of these guys asked me if I wanted to be in a band. They had heard me singing. And I was like, yeah, sure. I had no idea what I what I was in for. Um, but I ended up singing, you know, classic rock. I would sing um, Rolling Stones. You know, I was singing Honky Tonk Woman. I was doing yeah. Sticks. I was singing Lady by Sticks, you uh -huh. know. Well, because no guy can sing. Exactly. Like Shaw, right? <laughs> exactly. So they <laughs> were like, well, you right. sing all those high male vocal songs. Right. But it was really fun. And I, I I think I got hooked pretty quickly. You know, I'd always done uh, solo things, just guitar, vocal, um, kind of folk, bluesy kind of stuff. And 
um, this just was a, an eye opener that, wow, I can sing with a band and like, <laughs> so cool. So that was that. And and that's where it started. And who, who are your uh, female vocal uh, influences, I guess, because I, I get like old soul stuff from you. Yeah. You know? Yep. I think there are there are a lot, you know, over the years. Um, when I was younger, we did listen to a lot of uh, Broadway, actually. My mom uh -huh. loved Broadway soundtracks. My dad was into a lot of folk and blues. So we listened to everybody from, you know, the Mamas and the Papas and Joni Mitchell uh, to uh, Bessie Smith, you know, right. and Odetta, like real old school blues um, vocalists. And uh, then I kind of gravitated um, towards Barbara Streisand and wanted to be Barbara Streisand. And then I got into gospel and, uh, you know, wanted to be Tremaine Hawkins and, Amy you know, well, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's, it's been a process um, over the years. So I, I think it took a long time for me to figure out who I was musically, vocally, because I was so influenced by so many vocalists, uh, Eva Cassidy, one of my all time favorite really? vocalists. Ah. Incredible, just you know, incredible. See, when, I, when I was listening to your music, and I couldn't put my mind like, who is this? Who does it? You know, who does this remind me of? Because it's your own style, it's your own power, it's your own uh, everything, your own signature. But it, it every almost every one of those artists that I recognized mm -hmm. I, in my head now, I could hear. I hear Streisand now. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard gospel. I heard a yeah. lot of blues. Yeah. I even heard a little of Cass Elliot. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's and definitely blues. Definitely. I, I think blues is where I'm most comfortable yeah. um, and where I feel most at home. But, you know, like I said, over the years, I've had to sing so many different styles um, that I discovered I actually enjoy lots of different genres. And I didn't want to be pigeonholed, you know, into having to sing one style of music. Well, let me ask you this. You get a phone call, right? You get this mm -hmm. random phone call and it's a guy that knows everything about the music connection scene all along the West Coast from montana to california and he's like we're putting together this review we heard you sing we want you to come and be this this the the front person the front female vocalist of this musical review here's the genre and you can't turn it down what would that genre be would oh that's be hard tom that's hard i think you know i've been singing a lot of jazz standards since i got to uh, montana which uh -huh. i didn't really get to do too much in new york Okay. And uh, the Great American Songbook, just classic, fabulous yep. um, jazz standards. And I really have been enjoying that. So I think it may be that um, because there are just some incredible uh, composers who've written unbelievable songs. Um, and I'm not a jazz singer per se. I'm not Ella Fitzgerald. I'm not scatting all over the place. I kind of do my my take on it. And it's probably a little more bluesy than jazz. I'm, but the material, It's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you do Unforgettable in my head right now. I love, now. oh, Nat, like Natalie Cole, Natalie yeah. Cole. I do a lot of that. Um, so that, but I also like R&B and funk and soul. So, you know, if somebody said, yeah, you want to come do some R&B? Yeah, let's do it. Now, the, <laughs> the music we're presenting today, uh, that you've recorded mm -hmm. fall to me uh carry you home and coming home baby although they've all sounded familiar in style i don't know those songs so are they all originals or are they from the american song great american songbook that are jazz standards i'm just not familiar with or or tell me about those 
Well, two of them um, are originals and one is a cover. Fall to me is a, a song I co-wrote with a dear friend of mine named Mark Ribbler, who's a mm -hmm. great musician and works with um, a lot of famous and the famouses. Uh, he works with Springsteen and Steve Van Zandt and Darlene oh, wow. Love. And he's been their musical director. And I've known him for decades. And we co-wrote Fall to Me, which I love. Um, Carry You Home, I wrote that one. Um, that was written and dedicated to a dear friend of mine who passed away um, about, God, now, let's see, 2008. So uh, he was in his mid-40s, a very dear friend of mine, one of my best friends. And I wrote I'm that for and um, and then coming home, baby is uh, is a cover. Uh, most people know Mel Torme's version, so it is a jazz tune uh, that was written by Ben Tucker and Bob Darrow um, back in the '60s. Yeah. So I I have a a variety of styles on this, but I think the thread is they were all kind of blues oriented in some way, mm -hmm. um, which yeah, I love. It's that style that, that I always get confused at because I'll say that's a blues song and somebody say, no, that's jazz. Or I'll say, that's a jazz song. I'll say, no, it's blues. You know, when it comes to like jazz instrumental versus blues instrumental, easily depicted. You can easily tell jazz. You know, it's a, a friend of mine called it uh, the wrong notes in the wrong time signature at the wrong <laughs> beat. Okay. Another person called it the music between the notes, which I think is more accurate. And yeah. and the blues for the most part is one four five, you yeah. know, one yeah. four five. So if you're exactly. singing, you're singing though. If you're singing a one four five song, but you're singing the style that you're singing, it could be a blues song that you're su you're singing with a jazz style. Yes, and I, and I think that's what you do. Is that accurate? I uh, you know I think I definitely bring a bluesy style to everything I sing. I think that's just kind of an organic thing that happens uh -huh. when I sing. Um, whether that's just in my DNA or the influence over the years, or or maybe a little bit of both, um, I don't know. I think it probably is a little of both, but huh. I think I bring that to just about anything I sing. Even when I sing rock tunes, you know, huh. I think sometimes there's a little blues, you know, edge to it. Um, in this this album, I I I picked songs that I love, um, some that I had co-written, mm -hmm. um, some that I wrote some that were covers because I just liked them. You know, there wasn't, it yeah. wasn't that deep. You know, I was like, I really like this song. I want to cover it. I think it's going to end up being a little more blues oriented and it just worked out that way, but it wasn't really like premeditated, like, okay, I'm going to do a blues album or I'm going to do a jazz album. or, You know, I just picked songs that I really connected with. And then I thought, you know, if I do these right, maybe people will enjoy them. And I got to invite some incredibly talented musicians who I've met over the years, some dear, dear friends. And um, and they all said yes when I said, do you want to play on this track? So I was like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's awesome. No, no qualms, just yes. The immediate answer is yeah. yes. Everybody said yes. So I was over the moon. So you co-wrote Call to Me. That's the first, or Fall to Me, rather. That's Correct. the first song we're going to play here. What's that about? That basically is um, letting people know that when when things are not going great, we're I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, when things are getting a little dark, you know, just don't carry that weight by yourself. Just lean on me and uh, and I will be here no matter what, even though maybe we may not be together still romantically. Yeah. Um, right. I'm, I'm always here for you. 
see, I took it like, and you, and you kind of went in the direction I wanted to go with this. I think of the song lean on me yeah. and yours was fall to me. So like yeah. lean on me is like, I'm here for support. Fall to me is like, just let go. I'll catch you. Yes, I've got exactly. whatever is going on. You just let go. And That's I'm right. there for you. And I'm exactly. like, wow, what imagery that is, you know, and it's so cool. Yeah. And this track had some great musicians on it. Uh, as I said, I co-wrote it with Mark Ribbler, who also uh -huh. plays guitar on the track. Um, Jack Daly plays bass. Uh, he's played with Lenny Kravitz over the years, among others. Uh -huh. uh, Jeff Kazee, who plays with Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, among others, right. plays organ keys. Rich Mercurio on drums. And I have two background vocalists who I love. Um, who are from Jersey. These are mostly Jersey guys, actually. Uh, Diane Garisto and Leon, um, Leon Holmes, who are great singers in their own right. And I uh, I have them doing backgrounds on this track. Awesome. And these are all from the same album? Um, this is, I have different people on different tracks. Some uh -huh. overlap, but they're playing on this one track. Gotcha. Well, the song is called Fall to Me. Our guest, Ilana Hayden from Billings, Montana. And we're going to give that one a listen to right now here on the Music of America podcast. We broke down along the way You had to go I could not stay We got lost A change in plan but if you need a place to land, baby, just let go.
Soul to Me with Ilana Hayden here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll get back to Ilana and Billings, Montana. In the little town of Kansas known as Tecumseh, you're going to find Monkey House Guitars. Monkey House Guitars is a small made-to-order guitar shop. If you can think it, they can build it. Some of the most beautiful handmade guitars you'll ever see, meticulously designed and crafted for your specifications. Nothing by machine. Hand-laid frets, everything routed and sanded in the shop at Monkey House Guitars. The Multiverse Guitar is singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars I've ever had the pleasure of seeing be made. And if you go to their Facebook page, you can see all the photos of this guitar being built step by step by step, all at the hands of luthier Mike Thompson, who insists that he's not a luthier. And he told me today, legally, he can't call himself a luthier. So we'll call him a magnificent guitar builder. I can call him a luthier. He's not calling it himself. So I guess I can get away with it. But he's still, he's an amazing artisan. And along that note, or in I guess a side note about that, we know that cancer sucks. Well, Mike Thompson of Monkey House Guitars recently has felt the touch of what that disease can do to anyone who has a friend or loved one go through the rigors and sorrows of cancer. When thinking about charities, when thinking about doing benefits, think of Mike Thompson and Monkey House Guitars and think of the American Cancer Society. Both he and the Music of America podcast are asking you to consider doing something on their behalf. And please check them out. Monkey House, one word, guitars. They're in Tecumseh, Kansas, Monkey House Guitars, they're on Facebook. They have a website sometimes. So check out Monkey House Guitars, all one word, but you'll best find them on Facebook, Monkey House Guitars, Tecumseh, Kansas. Remember, if you can think it, they can build it. Which leads me to this question, Alana Hayden, our guest today on the Music of America podcast. Do you play instruments as well as sing? Well, if you hold the bar low, the answer <laughs> is Yes. <laughs> I do um, play some piano. I play some guitar. I've played some drums over the years, you know, really? so yeah, I can, one of the things that I did learn while I was running the music school was um, how to play some other instruments because I had a lot of great staff, you know, who would show me some mm -hmm. things and a lot of the staff would trade lessons with each other. And I always wanted to play the drums. So, um, you know, I started just fooling around and, you know, I am not a drummer, but, you know, I can hold a steady beat four on the floor and, you know, play a rock tune and, yeah. uh, you know, piano. Um, I'm self-taught. Uh, you know, I, I I comp, I play chords. I'm not playing Rachmaninoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I could play in a rock band and, and uh, have fun. And I could accompany, you know, a student for a recital. But um, and guitar, you know, cowboy chords. I'm playing, you know, your your garden variety cowboy chords and strumming and a little finger picking, but yeah, um, you know, not, nothing fancy. I'm really a vocalist, and I much prefer to surround myself with fabulous musicians who, you know, really have a handle on how those instruments are meant to be played. And I've not seen your videos, but I, I can imagine because you've got a, a show tune background, you know, a Broadway background of sorts. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that when you sing a song, you don't just sing a song; you perform the song. Right? Yeah, I definitely I try to do that. Um, you know, the whole performance aspect is really important to me. I did spend a lot of time doing theater as a kid, mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, I used to tell the students, don't just sing from the neck up. Yeah. Meaning, you know, vocal pyrotechnics are fun. 
Um, but you want to feel something. So you want to you want to tap into the heart and the soul of this piece of music, um, whether you wrote it or not. And every time you do it, you know, you have to kind of try to make it fresh. Yeah. Um, because even though you may have sung it 17,000 times, your audience may be hearing it for the first time. At least um, from you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, you know, it's very important that I try to be real and authentic and connect to the to the material. And I always used to say, trust the material, trust the text, yeah. trust the words of the song. Just listen to what you're saying. Um, and sometimes that's all you need to do. You don't need to act per se or pretend. Sometimes you do. You know, we're human. We all have off days and off nights where we're not feeling it. And, you know, you have to find a way to still do the job because that's the gig. So you do tell the me, gig. Tell me a story that you had that's like that where you, for whatever reason, did not want to do this show and you had to and you gave it 110% anyway. Oh, well, there have been times where I've been sick, you know, where you're under uh -huh. the weather and you're just yeah. not feeling 100% physically, vocally, um, but you got to do the job. So yeah. you fake it, you know, yeah. um, and when you've done something long enough, you know, you you know how to do it. Um, right. It may not be the best performance you ever gave and it may not, you may not feel like it was your best, but, you know, you, you commit, you go out and you do it 100%. Um, and and that's all you can do, you know. Right. You don't phone it in, um, and that's what I always, you know, used to tell the kids too, because that's going to happen sometimes sure. where you're not, you know, or something could have happened in your life. You know, I I had uh, a friend who I was mentioning for uh, carry you home, um, who passed away, and this was a, a best friend of mine for 25 years. His name was Al Rodriguez, and we went to college together and uh, were very close for. 25 years and then he passed away and I had to do gigs um, mm -hmm. you know, the days after that I found out that he had passed and um, and that was rough but you know if you have to step away for a minute you step away I in fact had to leave the bandstand at one point um, but then I pulled myself together and came back did the gig and then you go home and you you cry you know but yeah. this is life that's where I was headed with all of this line of questioning, actually. So I'm thinking you must have a camera in here looking at my notes or something. <laughs> but uh, so first time you play, because the next song we're going to talk about is just that. It's when you wrote Carry, Carry You Home. You mm -hmm. wrote for a friend that passed away. What was it like the first time you, how soon, let me ask you this, how soon after he passed did you write this song and then perform it? Like what was the timeline's? Uh, he passed away um, July 30th, uh, 2008. And again, his name was Al Rodriguez. And mm -hmm. he was a performer also, an actor, singer, dancer, really talented, um, and just a remarkable human being. And uh, we we connected. Um, he was the first person I met when I went to, um, to college. And, um, you know, we just had this very simpatico kind of relationship. We just had a great chemistry. And um, when he he passed away he was diagnosed with advanced liver cancer and wow. then six six weeks later he he had died it was very sudden there was no warning um and uh, i was with him when he passed he was in the hospital and the last thing i remember him saying and he was very medicated because there was you know a lot of pain so he was really just you know they were making him comfortable at that yeah. point so i don't know how coherent he really was or what he necessarily meant but the last thing he said was, I want to go home. 
And uh, and that just just tore me up. I mean, I was there with a few other of his friends and family. And um, when he said that, you know, it just was gut wrenching and heartbreaking. And I don't know what he meant by that. You know, if he physically meant he wanted to go back home or if it was a more of a spiritual, I, I don't know what it was, but it stuck yeah. with me. Um, and then I went home shortly thereafter and wrote Carry You Home. Um, and it just kind of poured out of me. You know, it's yeah, not something yeah. I really thought a lot about. It just poured right out of me. And then the first time you performed it, what was it like? Because you knew. You know, I've about. never performed it live. Oh, I've really? I've never been able to perform it live. I recorded it. Uh -huh. And um, even recording it was challenging because I would just get very choked up every time, you know, I would try to sing it. Um, I finally was able to get through it, but I have never been able to perform it live. And maybe now, I mean, he passed away in 2008. It's been a yeah. while. Um, and it still is very emotional and it's it's very difficult um, when I think about singing it live. It really right. terrifies me. And I might do it. I might do it soon, but I have not done it yet. I want to hear about that after that happens. Not to, not to rush absolutely. you, but I can't wait to hear what that's like. Because <laughs> I can only imagine. I, I've, I've written music, but I'm not a songwriter, you know. And I've written songs about my mom, who passed away kind of suddenly uh, a few years ago. And then dad passed away a year and a half later. And I've written oh. a song about my mom. And I, I, I don't even play it for myself anymore. Uh, funny story I'll tell you about that off off mic too but right now since we're talking about this we're talking about carry you home I want to just play that okay yeah so Ilana Hayden our guest today on the music of America podcast from Billings Montana and this is a song called carry you home when you're alone when you feel like you're dying
Area Home with Alana Hayden on the Music of America podcast. Alana, I want to hear you do that. I want to hear the results of the first time you do that live. I, I swear I want you to drop me an email, send me a voice text or what, <laughs> just whatever. I want to hear about it, okay? <laughs> I will absolutely. You know, I, I hope I can get through it. And if it's okay, you know, I do like to not only acknowledge composers when I do songs that I either co-write or you know, songs that I cover, but the musicians who play on the tracks also. And yeah. that um, particular track, I had uh, some very dear friends play on. Uh, Tony Ragusis on piano. Mike Leslie, my boyfriend, played bass on that, actually. Mm -hmm. And he co-produced this album with me also. Oh, wow. uh, uh, And uh, that was a lot of fun um, to be able to work on this project with him. Uh, Sean Pelton, great New York drummer. John Harrington, uh, amazing guitar player, Crispin Seo on sax, um, all, you know, incredibly talented musicians um, and play with lots of fabulous artists um, and tour with musicians, great musicians. So, again, I'm so blessed and thankful that they agreed to play on these tracks for me. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And thank you for giving them the accolades, because oftentimes I forget about mentioning that. So. Uh, we have Thank one more song. Giving me a second, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have one more song we're going to talk about, but I have to do this first. And this is something that's really simple. You buy Kitty's litter box, you open the box, you place litter in the box, introduce the box to your cat. When your cat has done their business for you know about a month or so, close the box and throw it away. That's it. Just close the box, grab the handle of this biodegradable box, and throw it away. It's perfect for traveling with your favorite feline. It's affordable. It's convenient. And that's the one thing I really didn't like about cats. We had cats when my kids were younger. Somehow it became my job to clean the litter box. I'm not a big fan of that. If Kitty's litter box were around 20 years ago, who knows? I might still have cats. Kitty's litter box, all lowercase, kittieslitterbox.com. Order today. It's perfect. My favorite pun. It's perfect. <laughs> this is perfect for you, Alana, because you have a cat, right? I have. Yes, I do. I had two cats um, when I left New York. My daughter, who still is in New York, took one of them. And I have the uh, who now she's 13, Lulu. Lulu but yeah, yeah. I'm a cat person. I'm an animal person. I'm like a Dr. Doolittle. But yes, I do, <laughs> I do have a kitty. <laughs> well, we My kids had cats, chinchillas, and dogs. Oh, cool. No birds, no turtles, no... Uh... Actually, my son-in-law has a turtle, Shelly, of course, you know. Love him. Any, <laughs> any animal. I'm a total yeah. Dr. Doolittle. So uh, Come Home, Coming Home Baby is a cover. That's the yes. the last song we're going to talk about here. And you said Mel Torme for some reason. I thought it was Polly, uh, Paul Ed. No, I'm drawing a blank. No, Mel, yeah, Mel Torme has like an iconic. Paul Anka, movie. that's what I was thinking of, Paul Anka, but... Um, I get them confused sometimes. So Mel Torme, the Velvet Frog, wasn't that what they used to call him? Yeah. Yeah. He he was an incredible vocalist. Um, yeah. Great, great musician. And uh, he recorded, I think, what was probably the most iconic version of the song. I've, I've heard it being used on commercials, you know, on TV, on radio. Uh -huh. And that was, I think, in 62, or, or at least close to 62. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was written by, uh, in fact, Ben Tucker wrote, the music it was an instrumental and uh bob duro wrote the lyrics later on they did not write them at the same time um and it just became a huge hit for mel torme and i just always liked it i thought it was a really cool tune and we did our own arrangement uh -huh. and um and it was a lot of fun and, and mike uh, leslie is playing bass and guitar on this track also 
and um, Ian Patillo, a great drummer who actually has been in New Orleans. We were talking about New Orleans before yeah. the podcast. He's been um, doing a lot of music down in New Orleans. And uh, Crispin uh, CO is playing Barry Sax on this one, which is really fun. I, uh, I like the answer. I like this song. So many times I, you know what, it's, it's, sometimes it's just that easy. I ask people about, yeah. like, I'll talk to cover bands. Well, what do you do this song? Well, I was always a big John Fogarty fan. Back in 1968, I saw John Fogarty and then there was a Creed and Clearwater revival. That's why we do Green River. And then I saw, blah, blah, blah. Okay, good. Good answer. Yeah. What do you do this song? Well, Carlos Santana was, uh, you know, did this for me, for music, blah, 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 blah. Your answer is such a perfect answer. I just like the song. You yeah, know? yeah. It just was. It just was fun. You know, it was yeah. a fun tune, and you know, I didn't want everything to be so serious, and uh, I wanted something light and fun. And I always just liked the tune. You know, I thought, let's. What can we do with it? If we can figure out something cool and fun and different, let's do it. And we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was in a cover band uh, <laughs> a while ago for a couple of years, and one of the songs we did was a song, an old Bobby Bear country song called Marie Laveau, but we made it a rock song, you know, awesome. and made it our own, right? That's that's the thing, you make it your own. Yeah. And at first, these guys, because it was myself and another guy close to my age, we were the vintage of modern vintage. The other three were 30 <laughs> years younger than us. They were the modern. Mm -hmm. And, they, you know, we did all classic rock covers. and uh, But every once in a while, they'd say, well, can we do this Alice in Chains song? Or can we do this... Uh, nirvana song or whatever it's more contemporary and I'm like, yeah we'll give it a shot and they always ask why do we do this song why do we do this stupid marie laveau song i said because i like it it's fun right. <laughs> exactly. people get up and dance to it and people that yeah. know it love it people that don't know it love it because they like yeah. how we do it that's yeah. why i want to do the song exactly and, and you know it, it made the rotation stayed in the rotation fairly frequently and that's why it, when you ask cover artists why you do this, this is such a great answer, which you just gave me. I just like the song. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like what you guys <laughs> did with it. I like your version of it because I, oh, I was not familiar with the song. I'm going to go listen to Mel Torme's version of it. Yeah. But right now, I want to play your version of it. But before we do, and before I forget again, who do you want to give accolades to on this song? Well, that song, as I mentioned, Mike Leslie, <clears throat> who uh, co-produced the song and the album with me, he's playing right. bass and guitar, and uh, Ian Patillo on drums. Oh, Christmas that's right. We did this. Yes. <laughs> we did okay. this. <laughs> it's been a long month today. That's okay. <laughs> so, sorry about that. I, I just, you know, now I overcompensated, but that's That's okay. all right. right. That's okay. Well, the song is Coming Home Baby, our guest, Ilana Hayden from Billings, Montana. And we'll give a listen right here on the Music of America podcast. Do do do. Do 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 do. Do do do. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. Do do do. I'm coming home, baby, now. Sorry. 
Coming Home Baby, Mel Torme via Ilana Hayden, or Ilana Hayden, thanks to Mel Torme, however you want to position it. <laughs> really great song, Ilana. It's been um, fun having you on the show. I, I, I could talk to musicians with theater backgrounds forever. My my old bass player is a theater was a theater teacher, and he mm-hmm. runs uh, murder mystery theater shows that he does. He writes the shows. And he and I are just, you know, he's, he's my, we joke that he's my second best friend, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so John, shout out to you. Uh, this is the last segment of the show. And it's, it seems like this time has just flown by. The last segment of the show is called shameless self-promotion. So you're just recently relocated to Billings. So tell us in the music of America podcast land, how we can help support you. Well, first, I want to thank you again, Tom, for for uh, having me on the show and for doing this incredible podcast. Um, you know, this is such a great platform, as I said earlier. And, uh, you know, it's any time that a musician, especially independent musicians nowadays, will have an opportunity to get their music out there. Um, you know, that's a gift. So thank you for doing that. Um, no people want to find me. They can go to my website, which is ilanahayden.com. And it's E-L-A, like Apple, N-A, like Apple, Hayden, H-A-Y-D-E-N. Um, that has all the information about me. It has my album, Carry You Home, on there, which you can purchase for download. Uh, it does make a great holiday gift or something for the new year. You can. Uh, I don't have hard copies right now where everything is digitally downloaded, uh-huh. but I may be doing some uh, burning some uh, CDs. But, but if somebody forgot to get somebody a gift yesterday... <laughs> they can they can purchase the downloads and gift uh-huh. that, there you um, go. which is a lot of fun. Um, but you can go there. You can find out where I'm playing because there's a link for all the shows that I'm doing. Uh, and I'm booked right now through, I think, April of 2024. But wow. I was doing more gigs. Yeah. Good for uh, you. You know, just trying to to uh, get the word out there. You can find me on, of course, Instagram and Facebook and follow me. Definitely, you know, reach out, message me. Let me know you heard me on the podcast, um, which is always fun. And um, I will be playing um, a bunch of gigs in the area. Uh, you know, Montana is very large, hmm. but there's a lot of gigs coming up in Billings. Um, in fact, on, uh, on the 29th, I'm doing something in Red Lodge, which is only an hour from Billings. A lot of people from this area go there. And it's a really cool dinner dance. And it's a speakeasy vibe, you know, from Prohibition times in the 20s. And people are dressing up like flappers and gangsters. Um, and it's a five-course sit-down dinner with live music. And I'm doing a, a band. And we're going to be playing a lot of jazz and, you know, 20s and 30s music. So uh, you can find info about that on my website, too. And then I'm playing at a couple of places in Billings, Yellowstone Cellars and Winery on the 30th of December, December 31st at the Billings Hotel. Uh, Cool new venue, January 5th, Madhouse Gastropub, restaurant, live music, doing a duo there. And and a bunch more uh, coming up in uh, January, February. So definitely check out the website. And uh, and I love, you know, hearing from people. So feel free to to connect and message me on social media. The duo coming up, is that with Mike? No, it's actually a piano player. His name is Joe Sullivan, and uh, he's a Billings native. And, uh, you know, I've been doing everything from duos, trios, quartets, quintets. Did a big band with a horn section recently, which was really cool. 
Um, yeah, so it's it it varies, and I play with a lot of different musicians in town, depending on you know what the gig requires. Uh, and there have been some incredibly talented musicians I've been really fortunate to play with. Um, that I bet I bet you and a piano. I bet that combo is exquisite. It, it's a lot of fun. It I really bet is. It it's is very just... stripped down. You know, remember yeah. in the old days, MTV Unplugged, you know, where yeah. it was yeah. just very simple. You know, it's that kind of vibe where it's literally just piano vocal. And, you know, you can't hide behind anything. You're just out there naked. Yeah. I'm an old movies guy. I like watch, watching the old black and whites from the 40s, 50s. And there were a lot of those old, yeah. they weren't really musicals, but they were shows that had musical numbers in them. Absolutely. You know? And Absolutely. so many times you'd see Lena Horn with a piano. Yep. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly what it's like. You know, there's that's the vibe, which is really fun. Ilonic, so cool. So wonderful to have met you. I can't wait. On my bucket list, and hopefully before 2026, we want to get out to Wyoming, Montana. When my grandson, my youngest grandson gets older, I want to take him to see the St. Louis Blues play hockey mm-hmm. at every major arena. And you're not too, too far from Vancouver, not too, too yeah. far from Seattle. Not yeah. too, too far from Banff or Edmonton, Alberta. So maybe when we do that trip, uh, the trip that takes us to one of those locations, we'll have to go through Billings and and come check you and a few other guests that we've had on the show. Absolutely. Love- that would be Look, awesome. That'd it be will great. be fun. And I will certainly, if I get out there, I'll, I'll do it at a time when I know I can see you perform because I, I love your style. I love your passion and I love your power and control uh, of your voice. It's just really just a dynamic. Love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate it. This has been such a blast. It has been fun talking with you and hope to meet you in the not too distant future. Not too distant future because you know I'm I'm not getting any younger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ilana Hayden, thank you so much. Our guest today on the Music of America podcast tomorrow, we're going to meet Ian Thomas and the Band of Drifters. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America. Music of America.